to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Podcast. We're on this No Church Answers World Tour, and this is podcast number 167, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! have no idea where you ended up. So, <laughs> But find your way to Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and we are in various parts around Sugarland, still dealing with the uh, COVID nineteen, and so we are teleconferencing this podcast like we have been doing for the last couple of months. Uh, we're so glad you're here, and want to direct your attention to our website, which is www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And in that, uh, we have a blog, and various uh, members of Man Up uh, write these entries. I've written a few. Koshu has written a few, the professor. I just wanted to give props to our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. He wrote a recent one, Luxury Beliefs, and it is absolutely outstanding. So these blogs go up pretty much weekly, so go ahead and take the opportunity to go ahead and uh, check in on that. And that's also where you can find our podcasts as well. We are each on our own spiritual journey. And these kind of discussions are are, are great because they're weekly tune-ups. They're, they're to help you as you go along your own faith journey. Uh, my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically uh, the host, but um, well, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel, and I introduce them not only by what their avocation is, but also what their interests are. You may identify with one of the members a little bit more than the other members, and <clears throat> want to wish the professor a happy anniversary. Robert Koshu, who's a normal member of the panel, uh, he, he it's his anniversary so and, it, and his wife too bill that's right well that's right and his, his wife too so uh so he yeah, has a, a, a previous engagement so that's an excused absence for that's the right. professor so but we do have he is a well retired now uh professional policy writer but also a bit of a bit of a professional gambler. He's also our producer, Mr. Steve Titch is here. Yay, Steve. <laughs> Yay, Steve. Hey, Steve. And, uh, <laughs> you, and you can't do anything in this litigious society without an attorney, and we have one, and he's that's, awesome. That's right. We call him the judge. He's a uh, professional prosecutor, so he can defend you or throw the book at you. Uh, that's Mr. Michael Cropper, and he's here as well. And... Uh, He's a coon ass, and he says that with pride, but he's an insurance broker, and he's also a, uh, uh, a deacon, and just a great guy, Mr. Kyle Trahan, uh, is here as well. And like yeah, I said, my Tom. name's Bill Cox, yeah, Bill. and uh, I'm basically a, uh, a, a 
writer, actor, but my, my job is as a, uh, a contractor. And we use different publications for our podcasts. And basically what we do is we uh, go through an ABF uh, study, which is Adult Bible Fellowship, or basically a Sunday school lesson, and uh, read us, read us, get an overview from the panel, read a scripture, and then we go into it deeper, put a man spin on it, peel it like an onion, get a little bit deeper meaning and apply to our lives. So this is the kind of thing that you don't get to do very often unless you are a member of a Sunday school or a group that does this kind of thing. And that's what's so great about Man Up. And it's we call it the No Church Answers Tour, but that's exactly what it is. We're not pastors like you would find in other places. We're regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey. And we, as a group, get together and dig a little bit deeper in this as kind of a tune-up to help us as we go along the way. Now, the publication that we're using for this particular study, it's from the Baptist Way Press, and we use a lot of these, and they are outstanding. And we are in, this is essentially a, the 11th lesson of Daniel. And I can tell you this, this, I needed to lean on the group for this particular study. It is not, it has not been easy for me. And this one isn't going to be, isn't going to be easy either. Amen. So we're excited that everybody is here. And this particular one is, uh, like I said, Lesson 11, the, it's titled Beginning of the End, and it's Daniel 9, uh, 23 through 27. And so we're going to go around uh, the panel of the group and to get a, uh, a brief overview from each of the fellows um, about this particular lesson. I'm going to start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, oh. Daniel rolls a lot of sevens in this uh, reading. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 77, 77. Um, yeah, I, I had to prepare this lesson for my, for my own class, and I, I read that um, this whole thing stumps theologians, uh, drives them crazy, so we shouldn't feel so bad. Um, I, I'm going to cut right to the chase and say that the, the, the use of the number seven seventy four ninety uh, that's all that's all very symbolic. Uh, there's that's undeniable. Whether you want to start counting years between the end of exile and the 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 birth of Jesus, which is about well, it's about five hundred and thirty years, depending on how you measure it. We can get into that. But you get you run into problems. It, it doesn't come out to be exactly 490, and so m my attitude is more understand the symbolism of it, uh, which is pretty basic, and also in here, uh, just like elsewhere in Daniel, we have a prophecy of the Messiah, the Anointed One, and I think that's even more maybe that's the more important part of this to look at, and that's what I want to be doing when we get into uh, when we get into the discussion. Excellent uh, 
Kyle Trahan. Hey, welcome, bud. Your basic overview of uh, of this lesson. Oh, gosh. You know, uh, I've said it over the last several through Daniel. It's 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 like reading numbers or, or something to me. It's it's one of those. It's more Greek than than English. It seems to me. Uh, you know, again, I, I've said it before. Again, for this time in my life, it just doesn't speak to me much. And I, I, I see riddles and math problems and, and <laughs> data associations. And it, uh, there was a, a good explanation of it uh, on our Sunday school, on the the pastor's Sunday school uh, that uh, that Jeff Moran gave. And I heard it, I understood it, and then my head hurt. So, you know, that, that's just where I come from on this one. You know, and, and that's why this is so good for us to be, and, and for us, we're all guys of faith. Imagine the way someone who is just a layman, who just picks up a Bible just for the heck of it, doesn't really know, and, and, and turns to this in Daniel, what the heck are they going to think? So Don't start uh, with Daniel 9. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Michael Cropper, your basic yeah, overview well, of this. Yeah, Bill, sure. The, the, uh, folks, a little history. We have looked at, presently, we have presented 10 lessons from the book of Daniel. We've talked about those and shared them with you. Uh, several of those lessons um, dealt with, first of all, much of the, the lessons are dealing with visions, and a predicted prophecy about the future. The first few lessons dealt with uh, predictions and prophecy for King Nebuchadnezzar and the future kingdom of Babylon. And, uh, and then uh, a couple of visions later, actually for, specifically for King Nebuchadnezzar, then uh, a couple of visions, one vision for his grandson, Belshazzar, uh, predicted. In fact, it, it's all these can be confirmed. They can be explained and confirmed uh, where where Babylon was going and the future of the children of Israel. Uh, one explicit vision that, that's almost scary we, we dealt with was uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. The king uh, was sitting and worshiping idols and, and, and a hand came out of the wall and wrote a message on it. And he just, he, he called in Daniel. After he called his own wise men, he, they couldn't read it to him and, and explain the visions they called him Daniel. And Daniel told him, he says, your kingdom's coming to an end. You have done very, very wrong things and you knew to do better. And that very night he died. He, uh, he, he was put to death. We now move into visions the last couple of weeks that Daniel has actually seen. Uh, while, while we have ended the life of Belshazzar, the, the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar over Babylon, uh, we we go into Daniel's prediction. It takes us back to his first year reign, the grandson Belshazzar, and uh, we look at the visions that Daniel experienced. And then the last vision we had, and uh, last week, which you've been with us, before he receives the vision, Daniel is praying. If I understand correctly, because it's not real clear, but last week's lesson is yeah. very very great. This, this picks up, like, this is almost, the, the, remember Michael, or I'm sorry, Gabriel comes during that prayer. And this, this, that, this section correct. of that is still, he, he's still, like, praying. This is, this, this picks up, in fact, there's a little bit of an overlap. We, we ended on, on verse uh, 
we ended on verse 23 and we pick up with verse 23 here. Yeah. Can you tell me if he saw the vision before Gabriel came or Gabriel prevented him? This, this him seems, that, well, I, I mean, that's very serious. It's, it's, seems, to me, it's confusing. Steve. I, I mean, you don't know. He's praying and, and, and it, this seems to vision be part, part and parcel of that. Yeah, uh, maybe. Right? And <laughs> that's, that's, no, Steve, it's been very adept at presenting folks the, the part. This, this passage of scripture we're going to look at today, there's about, well, what, two-thirds of it that is readable and, and explainable, <laughs> which we're going to look at. Steve talked about one to present the part of an anointed one. And then there is the last part of the scriptures that we are not able to explain, unlike many of the visions we've seen so far and we've discussed here on the podcast so I'm looking forward to the discussion of it. And Steve, of course, your, your presentation of the anointed one and the Messiah. All right, Bill. Thank you. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just read the scripture. This is Daniel 9, 23 through 27. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, Consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for their wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolation has been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. We also have a kind of a sidebar. Steve, did you want me to go ahead and read that or um, the guy? Go go ahead, I'm, because as I said, and, and I don't want to be the, the guy who, who reigns on the parade. I, I, have, I, have the, I have an Occam's razor approach to this whole passage. But <laughs> for those, for those okay. who want an idea of kind of the, what, what, what some of the things, you know, how we measure this 77s, uh, there's a sidebar in, in our Connect 360 book uh, the author provided about about a gentleman who, who, Kyle did the math. <laughs> right, right. Okay, well, let's go ahead and we'll take our first break uh, first, and then we'll get back with the sidebar. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. 
You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact ManUp at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, uh, podcast number 167. And we're glad you're here, uh, whether you found us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Facebook, iHeartRadio, or even Pray.com. We're glad that you did find us. We're in the Connect 360. Uh, this is uh, lesson number 11 from uh, Daniel. And the title of it is The Beginning of the End. And I just read previously uh, the scripture, but I wanted to go ahead and they had a, a, an exceptional uh, sidebar. Um, and I want to go ahead and just uh, read that as well. Um, this is about Sir Robert Anderson. Uh, Sir Robert Anderson was a police officer and he turned theologian in England around 1900. He identified four Persian decrees as a possible starting point for the countdown of the first coming of Christ. They were the decrees of Cyrus to rebuild the temple in 538 B.C. Darius to motivate the stalled workers to get back to work on the temple, 519 B.C. Araxerus to establish spiritual and civil reforms, 458 B.C. Araxerus Longamanus to rebuild Jerusalem and let life flourish there again, 445 B.C. This was the time of Nehemiah. The latter was the first day of Nisan, 445 BC. Using the Hebrew calendar of 360 days multiplied by 483 years equals 173,880 days. One Nisan, 45 BC, plus 173,880 days is 10 Nissan eighty thirty two. the day he said that Jesus rode on a colt into Jerusalem as king. Now, whether his calculations de demonstrated a literal interpretation of the weeks, or if it is indeed symbolic, we can take confidence in knowing that God knows every minute of every day of all creation. And the questions on the sidebar is how can we live out the righteousness of Christ in the following, especially the ones with whom we do not always get along, of course, at work, with our spouses, with our children, with our neighbors, or at church. Well, I can tell you this, uh, how do we get along with the people that we don't normally get along with? 
go into quarantine for about six months. <laughs> and then you'll, then you'll appreciate the aggravation that they give you because you have nothing. And aggravation is better than nothing. I can guarantee you that. So, the, Steve um, Titch. No. You want to go to Mike first? He's going to. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go to Mike. If that's okay. First. Yeah, I know. Steve, Steve, Steve's loading the cannon there. He's getting ready. <laughs> You're right. Our author, Bill, you, you pointed out some good things there. The author points out several things about the scripture that we do understand and, and what can be predicted and what can be interpreted. And of course, uh, the, the question is when does the start of this? 434 years began, or one, when does the 420 years begin exactly? Because we don't know that, but you can work it out in some calculations to where it does uh, reflect the coming of the Messiah. And, and the scripture is there saying, it, um, no one understand from the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes would be seven sevens and 62 sevens. And uh, it, 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 interesting thing, I think Steve mentioned this at first, it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. We, we know the temple was rebuilt uh, when they went back there, and I think Nehemiah led the rebuilding of the temple. And it took many years to build, and they, they, were, they were threatened by people all around them that wanted to, to stop their rebuilding of the temple because they were very, very jealous. The, the, the Jews were always been known for being the people of God, even though they were punished and disciplined many, many times. But mm. when Nehemiah went back from Babylon uh, under King Atashrus or whoever he was under at that time, when King Darius ordered the rebuilding of the temple, it took quite a few years to get it rebuilt. And um, and and it says there at, uh, uh, again, what was that? Verse 25, it says the temple will be re rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. And then after the 62 servants, the anointed one will be put to death. Anointed one, of course, we believe is the Messiah. And, and Steve is going to address a, a lot more, more things about that. And then he will be put to death and we'll have nothing. Now, after that, it gets a little hazy and furry as far as I'm concerned. But what the, uh, what the, what the vision is supposed to represent. But our, uh, our author of our, our scripture or lesson, uh, states there must be seven events must be occurring. I, I think he states that um, there must be, according to the vision of re restoration, rebuilding of Jerusalem, uh, which we know will occur and, and we believe will occur after Daniel, uh, pardon me, when the people move back or sent back into Jerusalem to rebuild it in the temple. Then the northern well, one, um, and I'm just reading what the author says. Here. Yes, it seems. I'm not saying Go ahead, My question go ahead. is, though, do you really think Daniel uh, absorbed this and thought, well, wow, I need to figure this vision out? Because remember, by this time, he's an old man. And do you... I, I, I think mean, he I'm just, kind of... just reported it. I think he just I wrote it down. Yeah. If, if, indeed, if indeed this has not been edited through the years, but... Let's let's take that at face value. I don't, well, he certainly doesn't. He just writes it down and and seems to be mystified by it, uh, as Wes as much as we are, and it's so. Uh, but but he probably he what what probably struck him were the numbers 
and the numbers weren't, weren't how many days it was going to be. He doesn't even say, not, nowhere in it really does it say here, well, this is when, you know, this is the countdown to when the anointed one shows up. But seven is a number of completeness in the Old Testament, and 10 is a number of completeness. So that makes this 10 times seven times seven, that much more significant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, and somebody's pointed out that every, every 49 years, then came the 50th year of the Jubilee, which they never did, but it was, it was in the law instructing them to. Here we have 490 years, uh, but then you got to play with the seven. So they, they, well, it's just at 490 or 483. See what it is, but 490 turns it into a Jubilee of Jubilees, a great but, but this is kind of where, where I'm going with this, that, that if you take, take all the trappings away, I give a good acknowledgement to the, to the biblical numbers, but what we have essentially is a vision that says uh, the Messiah will come, the, the anointed one will come, the Messiah anointed, which is essentially the same word for Messiah in, in, in Hebrew, uh, or Christ in, in Greek. The Messiah will come, he will meet opposition, that's that's in there, and he in, in this vision he dies so very much very much there, but at the end he achieves ultimate victory. Now there's some curious stuff there with the desolation of the temple. I I'm not even going to touch that with a ten foot pole, uh, even in our you know our social distancing time, but we do have we do have some some information about what what the nature of this Messiah is going to do, and that's in verse 24, right at the beginning of the, of the reading, and it's, it's six big action verbs there. Uh, he's going to finish transgression. Actually, it's great because there's two groups of three. Finish transgression, put an end to sin, and atone for wickedness. Uh, now, those you could all say happened were the work of the cross. Uh, the atonement, the ending of sin, the final finishing of rebellion, transgression here in, 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 the, in, in Daniel is translated from a Hebrew word that, that tends, that there's kind of like rebellion or revolt. So he'll end this revolt that seems to be going on throughout the history of, of, of Israel, the rebellion against God. Um, he will put an end to sin, he, and then he will have this great atonement. But then you get three more. And... Uh, well, you could say the first three are salvation. The, the next three are more like sanctification. Um, the, the anointed one, the Messiah, will bring an everlasting righteousness. This, this atonement will be once and for all. Uh, he'll seal up vision and prophecy. This will be the ending. This will be the end point of all this prophecy and all these visions, not only we're getting in Daniel, but throughout the Bible, throughout the prophets, throughout the whole history of Israel. And finally, you get this anoint the most holy place, which seems to point toward the end of Revelation, this, this final building of a final temple, or you could call it a, a final reunification of heaven and earth in this new Jerusalem that that's, comes at the end of Revelation. Um, but... But take all that sevens out, and what you have is a very interesting vision. And it's interesting because it's not really the type of military leader that even the apostles thought, you know, down the line. It's this, it's this figure who will meet opposition, 
be overcome by that opposition, apparently, yet triumph. And his triumph will be this huge victory that, that inaugurates, that essentially inaugurates a, 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 a reunification of God and his creation. That's, that's my spiel on this, but I think that's the real important takeaway if you're looking for some meaning. I'll, I'll kick it over to Kyle, who's kind of playing our student here, and what he, what he kind of thinks about this. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> is you know, he here? There he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm here. Um, uh, you know, again, it, it, it all seems a little confusing when they get into all the numbers and, and all of that. You know, some of it, <laughs> excuse me, is, is seems like they're predicting Jesus is coming. And, the, you know, there's a, alluding to a whole lot of different things in history to come. And, you know, a lot of what we want is we want to understand when some things are happening. It's just, just part of our nature. It's, it's, it's what we do. You know, I want to know this. That's why we do so much in science and, you know, uh, research and development because it's just the, the strive to know. But when these things are coming, whether it was Jesus's, you know, back in the, where were we, you know, whatever BC, that it wasn't necessarily for them to know when Jesus was coming, just to expect it. To, to know that it's coming at some time in the future, even if you can't figure out the math of all the sevens and the sixties and, you know, all, all this other crazy math, just know that it's coming, you know, um, same thing for, for revelation, you know, um, so many people say, you know, we're, we're close. We're in the end times. Well, and that may very, very well may be true. But we may be a thousand years from it. We don't truly know how many sevens and 62s and all can you multiply to get to whatever God's math is. And, you know, it's not necessarily our time to know until he's ready to reveal it. Then the second coming will come or in in this original Mm -hmm. case, the Messiah will have come. I, I think you're right. I think what we get bogged down, and it, this is this is this is my call out. This is my challenge to Christians. That yeah, it's fun to sit and play with the numbers in here, or just like we do with Revelation. Is this the end times? Yeah. Um, but yeah. we're sitting looking at the real at the real message here. That's that's tougher to understand. It's it's the it's what the Messiah will do. And here here we here is the the, the prophecy of what the Messiah will do. Now we have today what the Messiah has done. And I think we love as Christians, especially Baptists, we love the first three. We love the salvation part, the cross stuff, and which is, which is important. We love the idea that we are saved. But the second part, and I think this is what, this is really what's kind of, you know, gets, gets you kind of a little nervous when you read Daniel. There's all this, um, all this stuff about a great everlasting victory, a final judgment uh, on which, you know, it's, it's going to be led by this same 
Messiah, the Messiah who dies and atones for us will anoint the most holy place, as it says here, will bring this everlasting righteousness. And that, that puts a whole, a whole, you know, that drives home what we're supposed to be believing. You know, one thing, though, about this, uh, to put a man's spin and man perspective on this, I, it's certainly a mature man. You've got to think of Daniel um, being in the latter years of his life, staring mortality in the face. He takes comfort in the fact that the Lord is going to deliver uh, the land. And, but he's not going to be there to realize it, not in the physical sense, you know. Whereas I think back to, I mean, do you guys remember Heaven's Gate, the, uh, the cult? The, the apocalyptic cult. Yes. The apocalyptic cult. Mm -hmm. They all I, killed you themselves. Know, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when, I think, when I think about this, I think about the, the difference between someone who is mature in the faith in the fact that like Daniel he is content and and I, I believe he feels whole knowing that the land is going to be healed even though he's not going to be there whereas like the heaven's gate cult I mean, and you can even talk about you know uh, what Jim Jones and uh, uh, the Guyana uh, people, whereas they thought that they were on the leading edge of that. They might have felt that they got the same kind of vision or prophecy, but they wanted to be on the leading edge of it <laughs> and and be able to predict the times and things. And in a way, it gives me comfort that I'm closer to Kyle in the fact that I have no idea about the numbers either. And you know what? I really don't think it's any of my business to figure it out. I do take comfort in the fact that things are going to work out. And the fact that we're going through this COVID-19 issue gives me an appreciation for what our old normal was and also gives me hope that things are going to get better because I absolutely do feel that God is in control. Although I haven't gotten a vision or, or anything like that, but I do have faith that things are going to get back to a new normal. So, I mean, that's kind of what I, I take from this, this lesson. I just take an overall interpretation as opposed with, some people that are going into and like i said i i i think of those those different doomsday cults that try to figure it out the exact date and try to get on the leading edge as opposed with just being a believer that god is in control and whether we're here or not that really isn't our call i i uh i looked at about eight commentaries and came up with the same answers for this first part of this scripture reading that Steve has been talking about. We've been talking about uh, about Christ, and uh, the, probably the, the simplest and, and most uh, complimentary commentary. I'm taking a couple lines with, with Matthew Henry. He says he says that Gabriel uh, 
was, he said Daniel was blessed because of his faithfulness to God and because of his holiness, because he was highly esteemed of God, that God, that Gabriel presented a vision to him for his faithfulness. And Daniel's righteous prayer received a fantastic blessing from God in that he came to Daniel and told him of the coming, coming Messiah, the anointed one, we've talked about, and that because of the anointed one will come, that sacrifices will no longer be needed. And this could be the ruler, not Christ, who comes and destroys the temple and ends the sacrifices by desecrating the temple. Yeah, I mean, we know it is, but, but I was just making comment because Matthew Henry pointed out that Daniel, he believes Daniel received the vision because of his faithfulness to the Lord. And then I'd like to point out something else in, in, uh, in Matthew where Jesus talks about, in fact, the area of the scripture we're looking at here that we don't really know the answer to, and that's the last of the passage there. Uh, Jesus predicts the great destruction in the last, in uh, great tribulation in Matthew, Matthew 24, 1 through 21. The author talks about that, and he, he also predicts the destruction of the temple, Matthew 24, 2. Now, there was a destruction of the temple, as you got, as we all know, we've read about in Daniel, by the Babylonians, and that's when Daniel is carried into Babylon. And then there is a destruction of the temple that is by the Romans, which is what Christ himself predicts when he, alive, when he is alive. In 516 BCE and 70 CE, this comment is made, much of the Babylonians destroyed the first temple. The Romans destroyed the second temple and Jerusalem in 70 CE as retaliation for an ongoing Jewish revolt. The second temple lasted for a total of 585 years, roughly 516 BCE to 70 CE. Now we've been looking at the destruction of the temple by Babylon and Daniel, and Jesus predicts the destruction, as I said, of the temple in, in uh, Matthew 24, 2. Now Jesus tells his disciples, they're leaving the temple, he says, Look at all these buildings, because the, the disciples are pointing out the temple itself to him. And he says, not a stone will be left. I know all of you remember those passages in the first of Matthew. And then Jesus predicts and confirms the abomination of desolation in verse 15. And he says in verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and what are we reading about today in the passage? Mm -hmm. Standing in the holy place, whoever reads this, let him understand. And the, the devastation that comes after this, during this desolation, and he's not real clear about it again, but I think, Steve, as you mentioned, and, and maybe Bill, this is possibly then times with the second coming of Christ, because he goes into scriptures uh, at the end of Matthew 24, 31 and 32, state and jesus says this it's a, you know how i know because it's in red letters right and he says and the step the devastation destruction will be so great that he jesus will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other and he will gather the people together and i miss verse 30 then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And I apologize, I missed that. And then he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. Uh, that sounds like the uh, 
the great calling up. What's what's the name for that, Steve? Right off the top of your head, the rapture. Res absolutely, the rapture. But anyway, uh, Jesus touch. I think he's touching on the same things that we touched on uh, that we're not really going into because there's so many interpretations of those last two verses. I believe. Right. All right. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take uh, our last break, and we will be back for the final segment of the Man Up Spiritual Voice for Men podcast number 167. Pray.com is the fastest-growing Christian app that brings you daily prayer and Bible stories that inspire, educate, and help you sleep. Download Pray.com to make prayer a priority in your life. But did you know there are other offerings? Say you're not sleepy and are looking for something a little more challenging, and you're not interested in the typical church answers. We have that for you as well. Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, not pastors, just regular guys, have brought their faith-based No Church Answers Tour podcast to Pray.com. Listen to thousands of inspirational audio content like ours today. So to be inspired, challenged, ministered on your faith walk, or just soothed to sleep by timeless Bible stories, Pray.com and its many selections is the app for a person just like you. Daily prayer and Bible stories to inspire, educate, and help you sleep. Make prayer a priority in your life and download Pray.com today. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, or certainly gentlemen. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 167. We are in the Connect 360. We're in Daniel, and this has been the 11th lesson, this particular one was called The Beginning of the End. And just want to go around and uh, have some final thoughts from the fellows about maybe their, this particular lesson and the application of what we can do put the man spin on it and what we are to get from it and how we can apply it to today. Let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kyle Trahan in on this. You guys mentioned the rapture. Um, we, we just watched the movie uh, left behind oh, wow. uh, Nicholas Cage movie and uh, quite an interesting movie. I've uh, seen several uh, that was fairly well done. Uh, so, you know, mild plug on that one, but uh, it, it, I don't want to be around when that happens, you know. Um, you know, they were talking about the three sins and or the three descriptions of sins and, you know, rebellion, misdeeds, and corruption. And Lord knows we're going to see that the rest of our lives. You know, um, it's here today. It's been here pretty much throughout history. I mean, uh, we've got a couple of uh, historians here that can uh, testify, and Lord knows if Robert was here, he, he would be able to chime in on that one. Um, you know, but no matter what, you know, certainly with the, the misdeeds and, and everything and, and corruption, there, there's going to be chaos around us, yeah, most of the time, and certainly now in COVID and learning how to deal with things and, and uh, things will have much more troubles to, to come. But for me, 
I've kind of learned that my life wouldn't be the same if there weren't the storms. You know, if I had had the, the life um, that, you know, has been handed to some people, just a, a life of luxury and, you know, wealth and you never have to work a day in your life. Well, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm, I'm pretty happy in my life. You know, of course, there's still obstacles. There always will be. There will always be that thing to get you down a little bit. But God is in control. And it's his path that he has taken me down my entire life. And if I look at the things that have happened to me, like I'm looking at Bill on the camera and, you know, go Navy. But if I hadn't gone to, uh, if I hadn't gone to the Navy, then I wouldn't have had those experiences. I wouldn't have come home and, you know, maybe I'd had a different job than going into where I was that brought me to Houston, which brought me to my wife, which brought me to man up, you know, and just all of those different things that have happened in my life, difficult, easy, whatever, has been just God directing my life. And if we, we look at the things that happen to us um, in that light, I, I think it makes life a little bit easier. Won't be easy, but at least it makes it a little more tolerable that we know God's in control and will bring us out on the end. Excellent. Michael Cropper, uh, your basic summary and uh, maybe takeaway uh, from this particular lesson. All right, Bill. Yeah, uh, by the way, I cheated. I looked to the next lesson, and we're going to get back to another vision. Doggone it for lesson 12. But it may not uh, end up. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, the passage at the end, like we said, is very confusing, and there are a lot of a lot of the last three, a lot of it is in the last three verses. But anyway, um, I would have liked to have seen further illumination of the Messiah. And in fact, that he rises from the dead. As Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah goes into it a lot more than, uh, than Daniel does here in this passage. But he does tell us that there is an anointed one that will come and that he will atone for our sins. And there will be one sacrifice after he is here. And that is him. And after him, we do not need to uh, present the animal sacrifices that the Jewish people had to do for so long. Uh, as Kyle said, I, I, I didn't understand a lot of it. I can't put uh, absolutely solid uh, points on it other than what we just talked about with the Messiah. But here's one, one thing I do understand, and Kyle said this as well. I do know that Jesus loves me. And this I know because the Bible tells me so. And I know that he loved me so much that he died on the cross for my sin. And I could never be good enough to please God. And this is my man's spin. But you know what? I can become the righteousness of God by accepting Jesus as my Savior. And I do this to, by asking him to forgive my sins and to come into my heart. And this is, folks, what we recommend from you from man up that you do accept Christ, and it is not a wussy thing to do. It is a manly thing to do to make your life following Christ. Awesome. Awesome, Judge. Steve Titch, uh, your, your takeaway. To follow up to both, both Kyle and, and Mike, um, God is in charge. Uh, he has redeemed us, and he keeps his promises. That's really what 
we can take away from this. I mean, the, there is a, you know, a, a, fair, a very solid decision, a solid description of, of what the Messiah will do. And Jesus fills that, filled, filled that much of the way. And this, of course, falls in line with the other prophecies in Isaiah, Jeremiah, about exactly the, the nature uh, and work of that Messiah. And uh, what's more, he's the, he's the side you want to be on. I mean, not, not only do you, do you want to approach uh, the Savior humbly and in confession, doing so puts you on the side of God. And this God is a mighty God. As, as we, we look through the, the Old Testament, this is the same, Jesus is this God. Uh, and so this is kind of, when, when, you, when all is said and done, and you look at all the corruption, all the cutting of corners, all the nonsense that's out there, at the end of the day, whose side do you want to be on? The side, and, and this is the side that's going to win. This is the side the Bible says is going to win. And the Bible's been pretty much right about this, you know, all along. So uh, if you're, you know, if you have any doubts about, about, you know, should I, should I get in line with this? Here's, the Bible says Jesus and God are going to win. Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is uh, podcast number 167. Uh, my basic summary uh, is this. I kind of got to go along with Mike and Kyle and Steve uh, on this. Um, God is great. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> the man's spin. There, uh, God is infinite, and I'm just a part of this wheel, and I'm not really sure what spoke I am. And therefore, I, I don't really feel that not everything is going to be revealed in my lifetime or necessarily revealed to me. But I do believe that faith makes my life better. I agree with Steve in the fact that, that, that is, it is the right team to be on. Uh, it, it fills me, the spirit fills me and make gives me a soul and and just makes my life better and i hope it makes you uh the men out there that are listening better as well and i think this particular lesson is evidence of it's a with us it's a no church answer tour and i hope that you felt that as you went along with us anyway. So we're so glad that you tuned in, uh, whether you found us on iHeartRadio, if you found us on SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcasts archived, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, or even off of Pray.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Check out our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. Check out the blogs. They are, they are awesome. Uh, three different writers so far. Uh, myself, Steve Titch, Robert Koshu. Three very different levels, uh, but, but each of them outstanding, and, and I've read them myself. And 
also starting on podcast number 166, we had the Men's Matter segment where we had uh, Mr. John Cates, a addiction counselor specialist, CEO of Lifeway, and we'll be having the director's cut, which is a longer version of the Fast Five questions. And we're going to be continuing Friday, that. Friday. Look for it. For, look for it after tomorrow. After the this will, whenever you're listening to it, will that that director's cut will be up on Friday, uh, August and August twenty first. More, <laughs> more, bon more bonus material, and bonus. as as Man Up gets bigger and better, not only are we going to be doing more bonus material, the YouTube material, there'll also be some live events as we're able to get together. So we're blowing up and thank you so much for being a part of us. Now, I want to encourage each and every one of you to get involved with a Bible-based church. We are affiliated with Sugarland Baptist Church. And so if you're looking for, and I know we can't congregate in person yet, but a Baptist online religious experience. Sugarland Baptist is on YouTube and Facebook starting at the service starts at 945 and we invite you to tune in and watch that. It's outstanding and it's very well done. And when this COVID and quarantine stuff is over, we encourage each and every one of you to get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. want you to participate and find a small group setting such as what we have here and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Men Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.